All right, so if you got your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verse 19. We've done this study called Set in Stone, the idea of how, how do we grow mature in Christ? How do we become that, that rock where we don't get swayed by all the false doctrines and the cares of this world? And so really it's a discussion about spiritual disciplines. We've talked about reading the Bible. We've talked about being in community. We've talked about worshiping the Lord. Last week Michael talked about prayer. And I just want to remind you that all of these are disciplines. They're tools the Holy Spirit uses, but they are not they are not legalistic boxes to check. You know, that's the danger. We begin to, well, I, I, I read my Bible and I pray and I go to this group and I do that. And that somehow that's what makes me spiritual. No, it, it's what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life through these things is we have a humble heart. And today I want to talk about the discipline of giving. I want you to look in, in Matthew chapter 6 is the Sermon on the Mount. If you go to Israel, if you ever have the opportunity, try to go. They're going to take you to the Sea of Galilee up in that northwest quarter. They're going to take you to a place where they traditionally is where the Sermon on the Mount happened. It's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful places you've been. These meadows and they've put this uh, really nice garden. You're overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus is doing a lot of... Uh, instruction here but in this passage he's actually talking about spiritual disciplines and how you do them and how you don't do them for instance verse 5 when you pray he's talking about prayer verse 16 when you fast and here in verse 19 he begins to talk about giving so this is what he says do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where, ne where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for he will hate the one, love the other, be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. I want to talk quickly today about the discipline of giving. And what you've got to understand is giving is one of God's main and best tools to develop us as children, to develop us into the likeness of Christ. It is not how God raises money. So again, we've, we've tried with each of these to start with a little theology. So let me give you a little theology. Giving is not how God raises cash. Theologically, it all belongs to him already, right? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The truth is, is what I have has been given to me by God. And he doesn't give it to me just so that now he can borrow it back. No, it's a tool that he uses. Heard someone say once, giving is how God raises children. And it is. You think about kids. 
And, and you use things to teach them to say please and thank you. We were just with our grandkids on vacation. And we got a six-year-old and a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a two-month-old. And it was lots of fun, very tiring. But it, it's, it's fun to watch our, our son and daughter-in-law as they raise their kids. And they're teaching them why they want them to grow into maturity and to be well-adjusted adults. Well, that's what God is doing with us. And one of the things that he uses is this idea of giving. Why? Because you and I will never be like Jesus if we don't learn to be generous. It's at the very core of the character of God. God is a generous God. Now we've talked about this before, but it's very simple. Just even when you look at, look at all that God gives us. I mean, you think about what we need for life. We need sunshine, right? We need oxygen. Well, what does God charge us for that? Nothing. Now, man, if he can bottle sunshine or bottle oxygen, he'll sell it to you. But not God. God gives it. God is a God of grace. We think of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. God's way of doing things is grace. It's generosity. And so if I'm going to become like Jesus, then I have to become generous. I have to have a generous heart, a compassionate heart to give to others who are in need. Secondly, it's what God uses to produce faith in us. There's something about this that's tied to our heart. You know, we work hard to put stuff in this because we rely upon this. This is what's going to buy me lunch. This is what's going to keep a roof over my head. This is what's going to put gas in the car. And, and so there's a lot of reliance upon this. And so now for me to give out of this, ooh, that begins to touch the heart. And, and it's, it's a faith muscle. That if I give, will God take care of me? And it's just like any other muscle, it, you have to exercise it. You know, we think of the great stories of the Old Testament. You think of David and Goliath or Daniel and the lion's den, right? Great Bible stories. But those, you know, that wasn't just one day David said, I'm going to go take on Goliath with having never tested his faith muscle. In fact, David himself says, no, I... I God help me. I took on a, a bear. I took on a lion. God had been preparing him, had been exercising that faith muscle so that when Goliath showed up, he said, hey, I know God can be trusted. Daniel, the same thing. It wasn't in a vacuum in one day. Not just, I'm going to pray and you throw me into the lion's den. It was as a young man being brought out of Jerusalem and going to Babylon and saying, I can't eat the king's food. Could you allow me to eat something else and see if God doesn't answer or it's going into the king when he had a dream and nobody knew what it was and he says you know I can't tell you the dream but God can you see he was exercising that faith muscle so when it now all of a sudden you're gonna be throwing a line and said hey God will take care of me and that's how this works and I've shared my story so many times. And it's one problem with being a pastor for 25 years. I mean, it's like it's my story. I only have one story. So you've heard the story before. 
But the truth is I was raised in a home where we were taught when we made money, even as a child, that we, we gave a tithe, right? We did that. So I just learned that. Uh, when I got a job when I was in junior high and high school, I, I, I always tithed. And when I went to school, I made money. I tithed on it. It was just that's how you did life. You trusted God with that. But I'm paying my way through college. And the one semester during the summer, I hadn't been able to put enough money away. So this is one semester. I was actually paying a little bit at a time as I went. And, and I had a payment coming up due. And so I'd been working a lot. And I had just enough money to make the payment. And I went to church that day. And you know what those dirty people did to me? They passed a bucket. And that bucket's coming closer. And, and it's like... I hear God sitting on my, my shoulder saying, hey, Steve, you haven't given on this. And I'm thinking, I know, but I, I, I've got to pay my bill. Yeah, but aren't you supposed to give? You know, first fruits, do that out. Well, yeah, but you know what I'll do? I'll pay my bill, and then I'll work next week, and I'll give like double, right? I'll, I'll catch up on it. But it's like, well, hey, do you, do you not trust me? Oh, you know, so it's where where it gets very personal, right? And the closer that bucket got, the more I'm getting under conviction. And I just thought, well, this is probably really dumb. But I got my wallet out. I gave my tithe. I put it in. And now I'm short. And a couple days later, as I went to my mailbox, I found a card in there from a little church. I mean, a little church that... It's not too far from my home church. And I preached there during the summer. And they said, uh, you know, Steve, we uh, just want to send you this note that we believe in you. We want to be invested. We don't have much, but we just want to send this little gift to be make an investment in you and your life. And it was just the amount of what covered. And I went, oh, wow. That's pretty cool, right? Great story. I'll tell that one 25 years from now, right? And then I think of the things that I begin to, you know, walk into in my life and those really difficult times. And it's amazing how much of my faith had grown because in that little moment I found that God was a God that could be trusted. And that's what God does. In fact, this is the only discipline where God actually says, try me in this. Now, it's an Old Testament verse, right? I get that. But the principle is true. He says, bring your whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house and test me now. God says, hey, why don't you even just try me on this and see if you give, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows. It it exercises our faith muscle. The third thing that it does is that it focuses our attention on eternal things. In fact, that's exactly what what Jesus is saying here. He says there in uh, uh, in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's not where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. It's your heart will follow your treasure. That's why you need to give. You want to be focused on the Lord? You want to be focused on spiritual things? Give. It's his whole point. Now, what, what about this whole thing of tithe? I just mentioned that. Well, a tithe is giving 10%. That's what it means. When you get 10% of your income, that's a tithe. I've heard you know, people say, well, I give a 5% tithe. Well, no, you get 5%, and that's fine, but that technically is not a tithe. You say, well, where do we get a tithe from? Well, again, it's Old Testament. It's Abraham gave a tithe, a tenth, 
to Melchizedek. And then in the law, now the interesting thing in the law is you get into it, there's actually two tithes plus. So it's really more like 23% is really high. You have Jesus talk about the tithe. But then when you get into the epistles of the new church, what's interesting is the tithe is never mentioned. What is mentioned is a spirit, a perspective. And that spirit and perspective is to give liberally and to give sacrificially. So it's not so much measured. And so I kind of look at a tithe instead of being, okay, that's, that's it. It's really more of a guide. I, I kind of liken it to training wheels. Do you ever remember teaching your kid how to ride the bike? And you put on the training wheels, and the training wheels, you know, try and teach them balance, and, and they kind of go back and forth. The problem is with the training wheels, especially when they start, it's pretty awkward. In fact, I think my daughter, the first time we put her, I ran her into a, a fence, if I remember right, because you can't turn as sharp as you can normally turn on a bike. And, but the more you learn balance, and then you kind of lift them, and now and you hardly, the wheels are hardly touching because they're getting the balance, then you take them off, and boom, there you go. And I kind of think that's the whole idea of what the tithe is, is that for Christians, we're not to be, you know, slated in, it only has to be this. No. I mean, for, for some who are just starting, you're sitting there going, man, there's no way in my life right now I could carve out 10% and give it. Now, the funny thing is you say that, and I sit here and smile because I've exercised that faith muscle. I've already been through that journey and go, you would really be surprised. But you're not there. Okay. How about start with 5%? Why? But here's the thing. We are to give, and it is to be purposeful. It's not just to give, you know, God a tip at the end of the day or to give him leftovers. It's just to say, no, this has got to be important. I mean, you remember King David when he went to, to, to build that altar before the Lord where the temple was going to set. And the man offered to give it to him. And David said, no, 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 no. I won't give the Lord what costs me nothing. No, this is, this is a part of learning that muscle. So, in fact, it even says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, but just as each one has purposed in his heart, what, wherever you want to start, pick a number, make it a part, let it be that piece so that now you can begin to see how God is going to provide and then let it grow, let it develop. And once you get to 10%, you're going to be going, oh, this is cool. But the point is, don't stop at 10%. Let, let, let it be generous. Let God move in your heart. In fact, here's the thing. I, I think our first 10% should probably come to the church. That seems to be the teaching of Scripture. That's what you know, Paul tells us in Galatians and, in, and when he's talking to Timothy about how all that works. And so I think that probably... The, the first 10 should come here, but, but then where does God want you to give, and how does God want you to bless? I mean, Tammy and I, we not only give uh, over 10% to the church, we, we give extra then to missionaries. There's missionaries that we support, mission organizations that we give to every month, and it's a great thing to be able to learn, to be able to be generous. Let me finish with just a couple quick things. The discipline of giving is something that God uniquely blesses. I mean, the funnest thing you'll ever learn to do with money is actually to give it away. 
Some of you, you know, during that uh, stimulus challenge, you were you just sharing wonderful stories about how you were blessed. And God's going to use you. I mean, we've already talked. He's going to use it to make you more like Christ, teach you generosity. He, he's going to use it in your life to teach your faith. He's going to use it in your life to, to help focus your heart on the Lord. So he's going to bless you that way. But he's also going to bless you in the material things. Now, I want to be really careful here. I'm not talking, you know, there's a, a theology out there called prosperity gospel that almost you give to get. Nah, wrong attitude, wrong heart. We don't give to get. We give because we love. We give because we're asked to. We give because we want to become like Christ. But the cool thing, when we do that, there's some promises that God's going to bless. Now, it doesn't mean for every dollar I'm going to get, I'm going to get a dollar back. God blesses a lot of different ways. But look at some of these scripture. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. It's a spiritual principle. If I'm generous, give, God's going to bless. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6, give, it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For with the standard of your measure, sow bountifully, reap bountifully, it will be measured to you. And again, it's not a dollar for dollar. That's not how this works. It's just God's provision. It's God's blessing. We were just in the book of Philippians, and we, we looked at that verse in verse 19 of chapter 4. My God will supply all your need. I want to remind you the promise that God will provide your need is in the context that this church had just taken this collection up and had sent it by Epaphroditus to Paul. And Paul said, because you were generous, because you gave, I know that God is going to take care of your every need. It's part of what he does. And then lastly, the blessing of giving is that it brings the promise of heavenly reward. That's what Jesus is saying here. Lay up for yourself treasure. In fact, I, I was thinking about this. He uses the expression, uh, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, do you remember what happened in March when this COVID hit to everybody's 401k? Right? Now it's come back. Something else will come. It'll go again, right? It just does that. Uh, you know, we put, we put our finances in cars. Car, you know, I, I, uh, I lost my transmission this week. Yeah, so I get to replace that one, right? You put it in houses. The houses need painting. It just, that is this world. The cool thing is, is that everything that we we give everything that we give to the Lord, man, n nothing can touch that. In fact, I remember, and I've shared this story before, but it was a man who came to, he was a wonderful Christian, you know, one of those that used to just give, I mean, huge, 50, 60, 70% of his income away. Then the Great Depression hit and basically became broke. And he was asked once if he regretted giving so much of that away, maybe if he had kept of it. He says, listen, he said, the only thing I kept was what I gave away. I lost everything else. I thought, man, that guy understood what it means to lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. Moth, rust, COVID, 
hiccup overseas, man, doesn't, doesn't affect it. It brings great, great value. One of the disciplines that God wants to bring. Now, just want to remind you, God's way, God's way is that he's generous. That's where salvation comes. You can't buy your salvation. You can't earn your salvation. It's a free gift. But for those of us who know that free gift, what he wants to do is to make us like himself. And to be like Jesus, we have to be generous.